What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today on the show, we got Lizanne Gillum. She is the VP of Marketing at Broadsign. She came to Broadsign after working you know, in the big corporate world. So then she got into the startup world. So we talk about what that transition was like. Also, how to empower your team when you're in a startup, how to move fast, break things, create great content, but also create content that helps drive business goals, which I, you know, anyone who's listened to the show before, you know, I'm passionate about that. I think you'll enjoy this. If you are a marketer, just understanding the impact that your content and what you're creating actually has on the company's bottom line. So Sit back and enjoy this one. But before we get into it, as always, we put on this show here at Cave Social. We are a marketing agency based out of LA, helps companies online with social media. So look, if you need help creating a strategy, executing on content, that's our jam, jelly, and peanut butter. So you can head over to cavesocial.com. We'd love to help you out. Hit that contact us. All right. Now let's sit back and get into this episode. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Shelton. Today, joining me is Lizanne Gillum. She is the VP of Marketing at Broadsign. Lizanne, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. I'm excited to have you on. You know, you said off air, you're used to being on the other side of the mic and doing the the coaching and kind of that role that all of us marketers take. And we're, we're very rarely out front. So I appreciate you being here and being out front and helping our listeners, you know, who, who can learn from your experience. <laughs> well, I'm super excited. This is my first podcast, so I'm really excited to dive into it. Amazing. We're going to get into it for sure. But before we do, let's set the table here. Talk to me about your background. How did you find your way into marketing? Yeah, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, I actually started in B2B marketing right out of school. I graduated, moved into mobile communications, working for a national network in Canada called Rogers. And actually, it'll age me, but my first job was the eastern half of Canada rolling out mobile service cell tower okay. by cell tower. <laughs> so it goes way back. And I've always stayed in B2B, working for a number of companies. And then I eventually ended up in Montreal, working in the visual effects industry um, and computer graphics. And that company was eventually bought by Autodesk and I stayed at Autodesk for about 14 years and from there I was just craving the startup experience and I eventually left and for the last four or five years I've been working in with different startups in Montreal. I love it. Now talk to me about that transition right one of the things we've seen when people have worked in bigger corporations and then they get into startups and although it's, it's still business, it's very different. Things move fast. There's not as much bureaucracy. There's also a lot of crossover between roles. How has that adjustment been for you? What are some of the things that maybe you've taken from your big corporate experience and applied? And what are some things where you've been like, okay, that's not going to work? Well, at Autodesk, I mean, it's a big company. There's thousands of employees there and I was working in a division. So we're working on big projects, lots of process. Everything is very methodically thought out. And I, I have to say I worked with some of the smartest, brightest people I've ever worked with in that company. And it was a great spot to be for a number of years. But, you know, what I was missing at the time was like getting my hands dirty on the raw marketing. Digital marketing was making was really starting to emerge as like, you know, an area that I wasn't working on. Social media, all of these demand generation kind of tools. And in order to go back, I had to get my hands dirty again. And I really wanted to do that with a startup. It was a big transition for me. 
me, going from product marketing where we could plan a release for over a year to, you know, a very, very agile, fast moving startup. And also going from industry marketing and sales enablement at a big company to demand generation. It was a whole other world at the same time. So there was the speed and the new types of marketing that I had to ramp up. It was very intense. And I haven't looked back since, but the transition was very, very intense. (laughs) Yeah, it's something, right? When you see those feedback loops in the startup world and like you're hearing from your audience quickly and make adjustments. And it's kind of like a a blessing and a curse, right? Because you can move fast. You're not as, the, the brand isn't so entrenched and the company's not so entrenched with 100 years of brand equity that have been set up. It's like, okay, we can kind of define who we want to be and we're hearing from our customers and it's exciting because you can do that, but it's also terrifying because you're like, what if we misstep in our positioning? What if we (laughs) take feedback a little too, feedback and implement that we shouldn't be, you know, from our smaller consumer size. So I think that is interesting. Now, in terms of like working with Broadsign and working in the startups and building out a team, do you or the way that you've seen the teams, do you think that like corporations and startups attract different types of people into the organizations? Or do you think you could, that marketer can kind of be like that marketer can go across, you know, companies and industries pretty well? Well, I definitely think you can go across. I mean, I did it and I did it late in my career as well, but you have to be tenacious about it. I had to get up every morning and say, I left a really good job for this chaos, right? (laughs) But for me also, I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs, right? So I love working with entrepreneurs. I like a little bit of chaos. I'm not so process oriented. So it was a natural kind of love of moving into it, but you really have to stick with it and you have to be ready to go for long hours. You have to be ready to, you know, be able to change on the floor fly. And you have to also not be so stuck in one thing that you want to do. Like you said earlier, you have to move across all the marketing platforms and all the different fields of marketing. Um, One day you might be doing social media and the next day you're working on an SEO post, you know, so there's all kinds of different things that you're doing in in a startup and it gets your hands dirty. It's very raw. It's, uh, it's really fun. The other thing too, though, about a startup is you're, you're working with a lot younger people as well at both at my previous company and even here at Broadsign, we hire a lot younger and it's really, really fun because people come, they're digitally native, they come with fresh ideas, they might have just a couple of years experience behind them and you have a chance to really coach and work with a, like a whole group of people that just have great ideas and you have to give them lots of runway and tons of empowerment. It's interesting. I always battle at myself on like, okay, youth and energy versus experience when you're looking at building a team and like, and then applying, sometimes bringing that experience team, but then applying that to new media, right? What are those principles you can take? And okay, how do we apply that to social strategy, right? When that, like, it's the same principles, but how do we do that? How do we execute? How do we find people who really understand the platforms and can help a company grow that way? I think it's fun. It's very fun, very challenging, but very fun. Now, I'm interested to kind of talk about Broadsign in general now and what you all are doing. I see that there's a blog. I see social. Now, how does the marketing mix look for Broadsign when, in terms of is there a lot of account-based marketing taking place and we're just using social media as sales cover or are we doing some lead generation, some gated content? Like how are you – is it a mix of all of that? Is there paid? Like what does it look like and what have you seen work? Well, for me, I come from content, right? You know, I've always been a content-based person. So that's exactly where I started was building out content marketing and then we added in the paid on top of that. So demand gen and content marketing really does make up a 
big piece of our marketing mix, but we're very diverse. We have industry marketing specialists, we have product marketing as well. I have a full services uh, group for web technology, uh, creative services, and events, even in the COVID world, still make up a big part of what we do. They're just not live and in person, although we're getting ready to see that reemerge. But, you know, we've done a fast pivot to a lot of online events, just like everyone else. And then, of course, corporate communications also makes up a big part. So we we do do a lot of everything, but demand gen and content really does drive a big piece of our of our marketing. Do you think that online events are going to stick around? Well, I think they are here for to stay for sure. And I it's just when we see some live events coming back in smaller capacity, I think there's an eagerness to get back out there. Live events will go through a transition again. I think they're going to become more regional, a bit smaller, and it's going to take a while to build up to those big 80, you know, 100,000 person trade show events, you know, that take place. But there's going to be an eagerness to get back in there. Online, they will stay for sure, but maybe more in on-demand, you know, definitely not for four hours, six hours at a time. Yeah, that's kind of where I think too. I think it's going to be like, they'll be there as a tool for people who are out of, you know, out of state, out of country, and they want to go in and see something on demand. But it's really, look, the world, we did our best swing at trying to replicate in-person events, but you just can't replicate that happy hour (laughs) at the end of the day. You can't replicate that, like telling a joke at the, at the table. You can't, you just... There's certain things that are experience-driven, events being one of it, and and informing relationships. Now, look, you can... It's as good as we can get with online, but Mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think it's one of those things where we go, okay, creating some on-demand content, on-demand talks, things like that, that are low cost to produce are good to like, it's good to have. They're good to act to really uh, supplement content as well. If you have a blog post on that, put that YouTube video in, things like that. But I'm with you. I think there's that eagerness. You can really feel it for the in-person events. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely feel it with our sales team. They're just dying to get back out and into the field for some networking events. Oh, yeah. The extroverts that are sales people like myself. And it's one of those things people have been like, over the last year, like, how are you dealing with it? I'm like, I got this podcast. I get to talk with people. It's it's cool. And now we're back in office and, and, and what have you, which is nice. But you bring up something interesting there. And it's something we've touched on on this show a couple of times, but I think I can never get tired of talking about it is the relationship between sales and marketing and your job as a marketing leader to bridge the gap. In organizations, I see it can sometimes get adversarial between sales mm-hmm. and marketing. Marketing thinks sales don't matter, and then sales is out here selling something that we don't have. And it's so I want to talk a little bit about alignment. Uh, sure. And if there's anything that you do or how you handle getting sales and marketing aligned, because that is something that's just like that pain point I feel like has been there since probably the beginning of time. So, any advice you have on that would be great. Well, I lucked out when I joined Broadsign because our chief revenue officer was just graduating from being a leader of European region to a global role. So we both onboarded really at the same time and we connected right away. I mean, there was nothing coming in from marketing other than events. And I asked him if he wanted some leads <laughs> and his eyes lit up. And from there, we really connected about building demand gen. And over the last two, three years that I've been working with him, we've built up a 
full demand gen function. We've added ABM just now that we're just getting started on, and we've built a full FDR uh, capability to handle the inbound capabilities. So we have a great relationship, and at every level of my team, there's a connection with somebody in sales that, you know, whether you're on the product marketing side, you're working with sales enablement on a daily basis, whether you're in demand gen, we have weekly, bi-weekly, daily meetings in many cases to work through lead gen issues as well and ABM as well. So I, love that. I think we and have a great I think we have a great relationship. We're gold on the same thing, which is pipeline creation. I love that. And I was gonna say for any uh any marketers who want to make friends with the sales leader in their org, walk over and just say, Hey, want some leads? And uh <laughs> And work back from there. You'll start to you'll start to get aligned really, really quickly if you can help your sales representative hit their target. I think this is something though, and you touched on it there that marketers when they first come in talk about engagement. We talk about web traffic, and we have to evolve our thinking. I think if we want to get into leadership positions, to mm-hmm. okay, that's cool, but what's the correlation between all of these things, impressions? with pipeline. Okay, what's yep. what's that correlation between quality lead over to our sales team and then ultimately mm-hmm. say close rate, right? And that yeah. will fall a little bit on the, on the well a lot of it on the sales team when we get the close rate, but I think that thinking of like hey, we're on the same team, especially early on in brand life in a brand's life cycle like we have to get leads. We have to get genuine sales prospects because we all want to be at this company a year from now. And in the world of startups, burn rate is very real. Growth metrics are very hard to touch or to get, and you have to go after them. So I, I think that that is something that, like myself, I had to go through that evolution of like, okay, now I'm thinking about pipeline in demand gen. I guess before we close this out, I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you got put dropped in today to a new startup, right? Mm-hmm. How would you go about or giving consulting somebody on demand generation and getting them kind of like to think in that mindset? Because I have an idea, but I think our listeners will v- really value your opinion and, and insights on this. <laughs> well, I can tell you how I did it at Broadsign because there wasn't a demand gen function. So, you know, first of all, we just connected with your sales sales leader that we're going to actually go after demand gen and we're going to build it as part of it. And then to go about building it, I really had to think about what am I good at? Like what's my core, right? Which was content, content marketing. So we started building up the content side and, you know, looking at how do we get organic growth, adding in the paid piece of it, building some webinars and video materials. And then as we were able to kind of prove up our ability to actually attract people, make sure that they were sales qualified, eventually, not the first year, but eventually we started to sign up for pipeline creation. And we have a shared goal in in opportunity creation every single quarter, every month. My team also came from traditional marketing backgrounds. They were writers. They didn't really get it at first, but now this is what they strive for every day is demand gen and they love it too. Once marketers can understand and see, oh, that content I produced positively affected the business. And I think a lot, like a lot of times it is happening. We are just, yeah. we do a poor job of actually making the connection between content and, oh, this is actually a high value keyword that's mid funnel that people are looking for. And we can use this to move people throughout the funnel. Once we draw that connection as leaders and tell our team, 
hey, look, the stuff you're doing is genuinely helping the business. When we ask for this blog post, it's not just because I, I want to read that. It's like it helps mm-hmm. the customer. It helps the sales team. It, it's actually part of the funnel. I think that's uh, someone it's on my team once, Yeah, Someone on my team once told me there was nothing more motivating than getting called out by the CRO for something they did that drove a sale. Every day when we see new sales coming in, I quickly look them up and trace them back to make sure that the people on the marketing team knew where that sales opportunity came from and, and their contribution to it along the way. I love that. Well, Lizanne, before I let you go, let people know, one, where they can learn more about Broadsign, and then two, where they can connect with you online. Sure. Well, you can learn more about Broadsign through our website. It's uh, broadsign.com. And if you want to find me, I'm on LinkedIn. (laughs) Amazing. And I will put links to both those in the show notes. Uh, Lizanne, thanks again for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure. All right, everybody. That's it for this episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Shelton, and I'll catch you next time.